Live, what a beautiful morning. Power of the Holy Spirit is here. And I want to... I want to welcome all of those that are online. We have many, many hundreds. Our online campus around the world and down the street here. And so we're happy you're with us. I want everybody to give a nice welcome to those that are online. We're in this uh, series called Walking on Water. Last week we talked about the account where the disciples were on the water there. They were in a storm, and Peter got out of his boat. It's a story about faith. Peter gets out, heads toward Jesus, walks on water, almost drowns. Jesus has grace and saves him. If you want to go where you've never been before, Sometimes you have to get out of the boat and go toward what Jesus is saying. Now this weekend, we're talking about there, there's a catch. Would you say that? There's a catch. A little louder. There's a catch. We're going to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. We're going to begin with verse number 1, if you have your Bible or your U version, or maybe you'll take a couple notes. How many believe the Lord wants to speak to us a specific word for our situation? Yes. Chapter 5, verse number 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Most of the ministry that Jesus performed and the miracles were around this freshwater lake called Gennesaret, sometimes the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. The sea was about 13 miles long and about 8 miles wide. At this time, the industry was fishing. Wherever you went, there were boats, and probably everyone smelled like fish. They were into it. And here we have Jesus on this day, and the Bible says he's teaching the Word of God. There is standing room only. He grabs his leader's boat, Simon, jumps in it, tells Simon to push him out a little while, and right there on this lake, he has the 11 o'clock service, and you can be sure there were thousands and thousands of people who were there, and he's happy, everything is cool, he's talking about the Word of God, uh, the disciples are there, they're enjoying it, giving a, I'm sure, a positive message, God is good, I'm here. Jesus, I'm the Son of God, 
and everything is going along. And then in verse number four, when he had finished speaking, the end of the 11 o'clock service, he said to Simon, Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. One translation says, launch out into the deep. Simon, I'd like you to take this boat that I've been in. And Simon, I'd like you to launch out into the deep. I'd like you to take it out into the deep water. And then, Simon, I'd like you to uh, take the nets and I want you to take the nets and I want you to throw them out for a catch. In other words, you're going to catch some fish in that net and I can just see the look on Simon's face and he begins to say, now Jesus, you don't understand. You don't understand we've been fishing all night. I know you're a good Bible teacher. Uh, actually, we know about the fishing industry. We make money in it. We've been out all night. We went out, then we put the nets on the right side, then the left side, and then we thought about it. We prayed, and we're tired, and we don't, we're, we'd like to go to bed right now. And they're not thinking about in the middle of some low moment, some weak moment, that Jesus could show up and do a miracle. And this is a picture of our lives that we have all these things that are going on and we can't get the answer. And I felt like there were several last night, don't raise your hand, that you are in the ministry of worry and you have been up most of the night like these guys trying to figure it out. And it's in the middle of that kind of a picture in our lives that something miraculous begins to happen because Jesus always majors in miracles. And the miracles don't happen the way that we would document them or plan them. Jesus is just there in the circumstance and he asks us to do something we don't want to do. And our mind said, that makes no sense. I've tried that. Anybody, anybody ever had that happen? Yes. And they are in the middle of lack. They are in the middle of confusion. And Jesus smiles. Mr. Simon, get your boat. Put it out there and let the nets down. And Jesus was setting them up for a miracle. Amen? Amen. Verse 5, we went through that. Master, we work hard all night and have caught nothing. But, read that with me. But because you say so, see that a little louder, but because you say so, 
And this is the catch. The catch is we have to take a step and we have to decide to do what Jesus says. Faith is not logical. Faith is not reasonable. When you have faith, you don't see it. You don't feel it most of the time. And our rogue minds are telling us that won't work. But faith does not respond to sight. Faith responds to what Jesus says. And when we hear what Jesus says, and we begin to decide that we will step out, and sometimes it's one thing, sometimes it is a series of things that appear unrelated to the resolution of our present situation, sometimes it is like Judy and I in a church of a few hundred We've been Christians forever, and God says, Alex, go to Baton Rouge and go to an encounter, because full-time Christians that have been in it a long time need to be refreshed, refired, and sometimes the answer is sign up and take three days and let Jesus do something that you cannot do yourself. Sometimes it is that your problem over here will not be resolved until you stop that relationship that's not of God. Or you are in bondage and held captive on some stronghold, and when you can't solve it yourself and don't wait a long time, there are certain things you cannot solve by yourself because strongholds are stronger than you are, and it calls you for us to stop, give up, and call in some other people to support you and cast out those strong powers of evil in the name of Jesus. Simon, Jesus wants you to experience a miracle that'll change your life. We have to get more accustomed to miracles. Miracles where there is no hope naturally. You begin to take your stand. Say, I can't understand it, but I'm going to do what God says. I often wake up uh, like you in the middle of the night I used to do a lot of worrying, and more and more I'm doing prayer, prayer for people and situations. One morning, I don't know whether it's 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, somewhere in there, I wake up, and I'm thinking about Daniel Kalenda, this great revolutionary of evangelism in Africa and around the world, and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to have Daniel come on November the 17th. I'm sure his schedule is set up 
I was thinking two years in advance, this seems absurd, forget it. And just before I forgot what he told me to do, and some of us have a lapse of memory, and our minds forget the thing we don't want to do because our mind won't agree with it. But I don't give my mind the opportunity to vote on what Jesus says. I just tell my mind, mind your business. I'm going to do what Jesus said. I get up in the morning, get here, get on the, get on the phone, and I call him. He answers the phone. That's miracle number one. And he says, Alex, I'm in Kenya we just came from the service. It's 9.55 here. And he goes on about this big miracle. So while I've been thinking about you this morning, praying, I want you to come November the 17th. Oh, I'll get back with you. Sounded like a, a no. <laughs> you ever have people that say yes, it means no, because they want to be nice. A few days later, text, he said, I'll be there November the 17th. And every one of these things, we have to get out of the boat. Uh, two or three things this week, I, things I needed to do, I haven't done. And I got out of the boat. And even Judy is happier. You have to get out of the boat. You have to get out of the boat. You've been putting off these things, and you need to stop, and you need to get with it, and you need to get fired up, and you need to hit it, hit the, the, the Jesus path and see something miraculous happen. I believe we've been called to be in the miraculous. I believe God is calling us into the supernatural, that there are no natural meetings around here. You can't go to sleep in a service here. Somebody will... I mean, you, anyway, you can't go to sleep. You can't go to sleep because God is speaking. And where he is speaking and his presence is, there are great things that begin to happen. And Simon answers. And he says, all right, I'm tired. I want to be in bed. But he says, I will. Let down the nets. Verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners, the other boat, to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats and so full that they began to sink. Now, if you're reading this in the context if you don't fully understand the backup on this, then you don't know exactly how Jesus was working because he works in mysterious ways. And we can't even understand them. Campbell Morgan, a great theologian on this, and he says, what was happening here was that Jesus had called all of these disciples, these 12 guys before, and they had made a commitment to leave the fishing deal and then to be a part of a new Jesus movement. However, 
they had gone back to fishing. They had not seen the vision that Jesus had for them in this new Jesus movement that was going to happen. And Jesus had to show himself to be mighty to them so they would begin to understand that their, their calling was bigger than having more fish. That it was not about the industry of fish. It was not about the miracle itself. And I felt like the Lord said this, that maybe these miracles that happen in our lives should remind us of the calling that is on our lives, that we have been called to be a city on a hill to do things that have never been done before. It was beyond fishing. And you can't understand the way Peter responds unless you know that the guy had kind of turned his back on the call that Jesus had for him. And that's why he responds so, so dramatically. When, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. So there were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and Simon's partners. Then, after they calmed down, and here's the announcement. Then, say that, then, after more fish, after their financial miracle, because your answer is not just having your lack answered so you have more money. It's not that I want to find someone to get married and I found the girl. It's not I want to have more children and I had that other child. Because there's an overarching, bigger perspective. And he says here, Simon, bro, Dude, Simon, say it, Simon, 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 don't be afraid. I wonder if they turned from the call before because they were clothed with fear that they couldn't do it. And you always go back to what is comfortable when you are overwhelmed with fear to go forward and get out of the boat. What is it you have this morning that you are full of fear and that's why you stay in that boat and you do not get out of the boat because you are sitting in the boat. You are sitting in, is everybody awake now? You are, you are. You are sitting in the boat. You won't get out of the boat. Jesus is calling you out of the boat. You're asking other people, and maybe your prayer is not going to be answered because you're not doing what he said to get out of the boat because you want this, and he wants you to go out and do his kingdom. Simon, here's the deal. I called you once. I called you to be a part of my Jesus movement. And my mission is, I want you to fish for people who are perishing. I want you to get your eyes off of the fish onto people. 
people who are perishing, people who are lost, people who are under the ravaging power of the devil, the people who are driving a nice car, smiling, that when you see the back room of their life, they're held captive to something. They are miserable. Why is it last year two of the most wealthy, well-known people in the world committed suicide? Anthony and Kate, why is it they committed suicide? Did they have money? Yes. Did they have fame? Yes. Did they have anything they wanted? Yes. But no one can satisfy the human heart because only Jesus will satisfy the human heart. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And they can walk around and they can strut and maybe you're walking around and strutting here and you're trying to cover up this and cover up that by we'll get busy over here and get busy over here. And what you need is Jesus to touch your heart and Jesus is here today with his grace and his mercy to come at your weakness and to change your life. Simon, 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 bro. I want you, I want you to put your focus on lost people. It's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter five. You, speaking to his followers, you are the light of the world. A city that is on a, a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. What he was saying was, listen, you are a city. We, the followers of Jesus, are a city. We're a city together. And he's saying that you are the light of the world. What we're doing on the global situation here is what he's talking about here. We have to go. But let us not forget that we are called to be a light to Orlando, one of the fastest growing communities in the world with thousands of people that are coming here. And a good part of our city walks in darkness. They are perishing. And he says here that we are to be the light in the darkness. There is no competition between light and darkness. Light does not, not fight darkness. If we were to turn out some of these lights and then we were to turn them back on, the lights wouldn't, wouldn't be there. Oh, I'm, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I can take over the, the darkness. There is no common competition. Light is greater than darkness. Light in itself changes everything. But Jesus says, we got a problem here. The problem is the basket. It's not a problem about the light. It's not about the light not penetrating the darkness. We have a problem. And the problem and the battle 
is between the basket being on or off. And what we have in the church, I read an article this week that in the United States of America, overall, we are not impacting the nation. Very little. And that is because we haven't understood that we are the light of the world. We are not the light of the lights. We are not a holy huddle. Not about us meeting in our homes and all the lights get together. This is not about the lights being the lights. This is about us being the light in the darkness. We are to penetrate our neighborhoods. We are to penetrate our schools at a whole different level. 212,000 students in Orange County, high school, the ninth largest in the United States of America. 200,000 college students, not 100 miles from there, in this city. And the future of our city is dependent on the light. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, you are the light. And then he says, not enough that you are the light. He said, you shine. And when I shine what I am, they begin to see my life. They begin to look at my life. And so when we are living our lives, we are following Jesus. And everything we do, we're walking in this path of following Jesus so that they begin to see that we are different. We are not religious. We're not judgmental. We're not mean-spirited. And in fact, we're not religious. Because religion is when you have behavioral modification. That's where you change and scrub up some of your deals because the rule says this. That's not what we're into. We're not into behavioral modification. We are into Jesus. And then as we are, we're not following rules. That's religion. Religion doesn't mean anything. It makes people unhappy. But when we follow Jesus, and then Jesus shows his commandments, they are coming from heaven, and they are coming, and my heart is changed, and I'm not doing something because there's a rule, or I should. My heart has been changed, and I have Jesus' heart now, and I am following him each day. What did you say, Jesus? You said, get out of the boat? Yes, yes. Speak to that person over there. Walk across the room. Jesus came out of heaven and came down. And he says, you walk over there and you talk to them. Mario Murillo was a part of our rock house many years ago. I haven't spoken to him for 30 years. And I'm working out one night this week. And I put him on. He's in California. He's talking about what happened in Berkeley. And he said, I used to, I was on the streets all the time. And it was this Jesus movement. And he said, and the Lord showed me the way you're going to see a miracle. You go up and you see someone. Now, this is in the 70s. And he says, you begin to tell them prophetically and give them a word and pray for them. And you're going to see a revival. And a revival broke out in Berkeley. And I went to Resurrection City out there in California. And I saw 2,000 college students. And those students were, there were miracles happening just rapid fire because Mario Murillo said, listen, we're moving into the supernatural and God has called you and this church. We have not been called to a nice church. This church has been called to be a church of 50,000 people and that we will be a part of a revival. We are, will be in every community. We will have a small group in every community, every single place. I am believing shortly that we will have 300 small groups 
and that we will open our house and it will not be for the believers only. It will be for that community and that neighborhood and we will begin to pray and that we'll never have a meeting in any of these meetings unless we are praying for people who are perishing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is that which is eternal. There are some things that are for now. That car outside is not eternal. This building is not eternal. All the things that we think are eternal are not. They will all wash away. But there's one thing that will not wash away, and that is every single person that comes to Jesus, every single person that comes to know Jesus, and they're able to encounter, not rules, they're able to encounter by faith the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, where with a smile on his face, he calls, he calls us out and he said, you, Bob, Ed, Mary, come on, I know you're messed up. Jesus majors in people who are messed up. And that means every person in this room, you were messed up before Jesus took hold of your life and hope you're better. What if we made Jesus famous in our city more than Amazon? What if we made Jesus so famous that they will talk about us in the nations of the world, in Orlando? Something happened. There's a church down there, Church in the Sun. I think it was in the fall of 2019, there was a boat on the stage and something happened. I, I, I don't know what happened. They, they started to have 500 people who were perishing in every service and they started to see hundreds and hundreds every month coming to Christ. Wouldn't it be amazing if half of those that are here this morning would be people who are desperately searching and seeking? Why did this guy climb that tower a few feet from this building? There had to be more than Alex going up that's his name, Alex going up that tower, and I believe as I reflect on it, Jesus was saying, Alex, me, people are desperate. People are desperate. He's calling you. He's calling me. Yeah, that miracle is great. We got more fish. But the most strategic part of this talk with Jesus is the response. He says, so they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed Jesus. Felt like the Lord was saying, you gotta step out you got to follow Jesus. Personally, I'm, I'm praying for more divine appointments. I don't know whether you're a scheduled person, kind of like you do your plan. Is there anybody here kind of like you set things in order? No one. Okay. Let me see. How many hands? Okay, no one, but I'm the only one. And I kind of am, am like, 
I do this, and then I do that, and then I do that, and then at this time I'll be there, and then I get to the gym, and then I'm going over here, and then I have to do this. And when he says, like yesterday, I'm trying to swim, and the guy who I talked to before is in the lane, and I, I come up for air, and he goes, well, you know, of course I have my things in, my ears, and I'm, I need an interpretation. What do he say, Lord, anyway? And he keeps talking, I'll be with you in a second, and and then the lifeguard is there after, and I've been talking to him for five years, and, and I'm thinking, geez, I can't, I don't, what am I doing wrong? And then the Lord said, well, why don't you start asking people for prayer more? And I asked him, I said, anything for prayer? And he gave me something, and I prayed for him, and, and I just, I'm too scheduled. And I get disturbed when Jesus tells me to do these things. Don't look at me in a religious way. <laughs> Jesus, I got things to go. I have to be here at this, and then I'm going here and, and talk to him. All right. And they're perishing. And a guy, Rick, who a few months ago, right off of the, the sauna there, prayed to receive Christ, and there's another guy, Ben, who, who's uh, moved into the air, area, 19, 20, 21, business guy. And the Lord said, I want you to really have coffee with Ben to really help him. I, I, you know, I hate to say this, you're going to die. Everybody... A few years from now, everybody in the room, 50 years, 100 years, everybody be dead here. And we're all going to stand before the Lord. And it shouldn't be a guilt trip like, oh, my God. I got to stand before Jesus. It should be like, yeah, this is going to be great. My father always used to tell me, a pastor, he said, Alex, you know I wanted to make a million dollars in business. I was real motivated spiritually. Thank you for your courtesy. <laughs> Thank you, one person loves me. <laughs> My dad used to always say, Alex, uh, invest in people. Invest in people. And it's been a long process for me because I'm more goal-driven than like stop and pray for Jake, you know. But I wonder if we started praying for uh, people more. And we know how desperate they are. Oh, they live in a big house, so what? So they have a big car, so what? So they have a car and no air conditioning, so what? And maybe we just need to be like Jesus and love people and make Jesus famous. I don't know, I don't know. I, I sit in my office maybe for... 12 hours on Thursday, and I, I, I see this, like, I read about John Wesley all the time. He's, like, the guy I like. Great awakening, riding on his horse thousands and thousands of miles. And I think about church in the sun, I'm thinking, and I see this, I see this, like, colossal deal everywhere and literally shaking up the gates of Hades. 
and we're called, don't you get down on yourself. We're called for a great awakening. And I'm, 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 I want to get out of my boat, whatever it is. I want to get out of my boat. Right now, I'm focusing on my personal prayer life. I'm, I'm praying more. I'm waiting on the Lord more. I used to have devotions in the morning. I don't have devotions, and, and it's not just reading through these scriptures. I sit in my chair now with one thing in mind. I'm going to seek the Lord. I sit down in my chair and I say, Lord, I'm seeking you today. Speak through scripture. Speak to me. And I try not to leave my chair until Jesus speaks to me. And we've got to get out of where we are. And maybe we sing that song, You Make Me Brave, that you sang before. It seems appropriate right now. And I want to suggest to all of us to be brave. I see a lot of evangelists here, and Irina and all these Russian people over here, and revolutionaries. And let's take a city. Let's take a city. When I was in the Rock House, I had this, like, like no one's going to hell. It was like this crazy. I'm getting back to that. And I don't believe no one goes to hell in this city, but everybody goes to, seven, uh, to heaven. And I'm, I'm going to ask in just a, a minute, we can sing that song you did in the first service, uh, You Make Me Brave. I know I changed it three times, but, but I want us uh, in a minute, don't anybody stand because the Holy Spirit's over here. And I want you to be open to what God would speak to you right now about some of you. You need to open your home, grab a couple people. You, you need to go to this encounter. What, what? You need to get involved here. You need to work for the kingdom, whatever it is. And those that are working day and night, you just need to, you know, relax, Alex. Anyway, stand up. No one move. I want us to sing this song. Come on out. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands.
Next line, next line. Crashes over me, crashes over me. For you are for us, you are not against us. It's hard to describe the amazing grace of the Lord, how he calls us out to a new life. And you may be here this morning and you may be watching online. And this cross reminds us that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sin. We don't get what we deserve. And every one of us has the opportunity to open our heart to Christ. And we can come to him and say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I want you to forgive me. And I don't know anything greater than to be forgiven, to know that our sin has been pardoned and Christ has given us a new life the entanglement of guilt and condemnation and shame are washed away in the river of his grace. In a moment, I'm just gonna count the three of you here and you say, I need to be forgiven. Don't put it off. Don't wait till next week. You'll never be able to comprehend the total abundance of grace and forgiveness with your mind. But if you listen to your heart this morning, your heart is saying, come to Jesus. And maybe you were close to Christ at one time and you've just gotten on the wrong path. You can come back today. This is a place of grace and mercy because of Jesus. I want you to think about getting out of the darkness and getting into the light. Your life will be transformed and Jesus will change you. When I count to three, you throw up your hand and defy every evil power in Jesus' name. One, two, three, put it up. Pray for me, put it up, put it up all over. Yes, yes, put it up, put it up. Put your hand up back there, over here. Put it up over there. Balcony, put up your hand. Put it up, say yes. Get out of the darkness. Get into the grace of Jesus. We're gonna ask everyone to raise your hand. Walk up here and stand. We're gonna have a one minute prayer. They're already coming. Come right now from the balcony, walk down. Come right now, wherever you are. You make me brave. Come, 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 be brave. That's it, that's it. That's it, right there. Balcony, yes. 
Come right now. Yes. Yes. God bless you. Yes. Look at this. Look at this. Yes. Yes. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yes. 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 Come. Come. Come to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Keep coming. 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 Hey, let's thank the Lord for all these that have come. Praise God. No one move for just a moment. We're going to pray a prayer. And this is how we come to Christ. We pray a prayer with our hearts. You only can whisper it if you didn't come. You're back in the congregation. Pray this prayer. And then after that, Pastor Dave is here. We have friends on the side. We're going to give every single person a Bible before you leave. You're very valuable to us. We are not an institution. We are a family together. And we're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask everyone that's online that needs Jesus, pray this prayer. And we're going to see Christ do many things. Hallelujah. Let's say it loud. Church family, say it loud. Jesus. Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin and I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart Wash away my sin and give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, you're in the family. You go with, go with Dave, just go that way. Go that way. Come on, let's give the Lord thanks. Just before we go this morning, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of these guest cards. I read somewhere where 25% of the people will come to service if you will just invite them. Our ushers will be giving them out. They're at Guest Central. They're everywhere. So let's believe for 500 guests next week. And we're going to have a great service on Wednesday night. Love you all. I'm done. Thanks for joining us, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you want to partner with us, you can click the link in the description to give now. And if you enjoyed this podcast, hit the subscribe button to stay in the loop and share it with your friends. 
Thanks again for listening and have a great week.